Well, good morning, everybody. Um, it's been quite the last month or so. Um, went on a little trip, had a great time with family, and uh, traveling through the airport, uh, my wife Tripp fell and fractured her pelvic area And uh, a couple of Sundays ago, and she's in church today. So, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing adventure going through it together. Um, kind of uh, through all of this and before this, God has been putting a couple of words in me. And uh, they've been very applicable to what we as a, as a house, as a family have been going through with, with our business, with uh, my mom being sick, um, you know, I don't know that she'll make it through the year, and uh, she knows the Lord. That's the comfort of all this. Um, Roski getting hurt, um, the cruise that we went on, and the adventure of that with almost 40 family members, and uh, stopping off in places, and um, Matt and Robert working while I'm gone, and on and on and on and on. And the words that God, the, the two words that God gave me were, being built up. And so I, I, I looked up those words and looked up according scriptures to what being built up means, all right, so that I would understand what he was trying to convey to me. So first, there's about three or four scriptures and, of course, little ones that rabbit hole the rest of this, but first one that is 1 Peter 2, 1 through 5. And it says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you grow thereby. God's intention. If indeed you have tasted the Lord is gracious, coming to him a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones... That's who we are, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I started to think about these little words, and it says that you grow thereby, and that as living stones, we are supposed to be being built up. So I looked at I just kept on praying and reading and uh, next scripture, because I just want to kind of lay a groundwork, a foundation as we're going and hearing different words. It says in Hebrews 5, 13 through 14, for everyone, so we just read already that we should grow, right? And um, as newborn babes, we should be desiring the pure milk of the word. But we're talking about growth. For everyone who partakes only of milk, is unskilled in the, word of, in, in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, which means those who are mature. Okay? That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Kind of like a mouthful, huh? And so what's he really saying by all this? Well... You must be walking with the Lord, 
You must be, as you're, as you're experiencing things, um, God is pouring into you, and those words must be applied. Those words must be lived by faith, all right? So if he's, you're going through something and he tells you, be still, that's your goal. That's your only goal, all right? It's the only thing that you need to be concerned with. He's not asking you to heal a person, change your circumstances, go and earn extra money to solve your problem. He's telling you, be still. So it's very, very important to understand that this is a foundation to hear God, but not only to hear God, but to obey God. So we're talking about growing and we're talking about being built up. So let's look at Matthew 7, 24 through 25. I didn't write this one down. Uh, okay, well, let me get my glasses in. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who's the rock? We know, okay? So as we're having a relationship with God, as we're going through trials, God has a purpose, all right? He wants to make us as solid as that rock. And the rain descended, there's our trial. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that, um, on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So um, having this intimacy with God as you're walking through this trial is very, very important because the words that he give you are the life raft for what you're experiencing. But God's intention is that you grow, all right, and that you are being built up. Who's the one that's building? Do we build? We can if we hear from him. But as we go through a circumstance and we seek his face, he's the master builder. He's building us up, all right, in his graces, all right? He's He's bringing us to a place where he's revealing our hearts to ourselves as we're going through something, all right? That's the very thing that the trial is used to bring out because that's the thing that God wants. So let me continue on. Um, Hebrews 4.2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. So God can speak into your life. There's no profit, there's no benefit, there's no growth unless it's mixed with faith, okay? Whatever he instructs, that's what you need to do. So we started off in 1 Peter 2, and it started off with saying, therefore, now we're talking about growth and we're talking about being built up, but it, it, it has a prerequisite. Laying aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, envy, and all, even, and all evil speaking, these things God intends to be put away. So this continue on. I just want to keep that, that in, in, your, in your mind also. So Colossians 2, 11 through 13. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins. This is a prerequisite to growing, all right? 
putting off this, these sins that are evident, that God is making evident to you in your life. You come to Christ, you're a newborn, right? You're born again. You're in, he's inputted the Holy Spirit in you. That doesn't mean that this heart has been completely changed, all right? There's a walking through with God in life, okay? So it says, putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. What happened in baptism? Sin and the power of sin was taken down, okay? In which you were also raised up through faith in the working of God. All of this, all of this from salvation until we take our last breath. God is at work. God is at work. And he is using circumstances. We read about the seasons of our lives I don't remember one of the songs, but it was talking about that. All these little words that were becoming so evident to me as we were listening to the music. We are all going through seasons of life, all right? And that those seasons don't waste them. God has purposes in them for us to grow, for us to be built up. But he's the one that's at work. And apart from him, you will never recognize it, all right? Those very things of malice, those things that will just kick a feeling inside of you, all right? That's the only thing that you'll ever pay attention to, all right? And, and yet God intends to set you free, all right? He intends to build you up in your trial. So, and the working of God who raised him up from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he's made alive together with him, having forgiveness, having forgiven you all your trespasses. So he's made us alive. He's imputed his, imputed his his Holy Spirit in us. And that's the only way that any of this happens in that relationship with him. Things that, things that come that are very, very difficult to understand, all right? But then you're not called to understand. You're called to follow. Lean not on your own understanding, right? But acknowledge me in all your ways. And that's the most important thing. The enemy wants to trap us with, Look what he did. Look what she did. Look what this was said. Look how this person's treating me. All right? One of the other things that we're going through is a lawsuit, and we're just looking and scratching our head. How in the world has this ever happened? We, we, and, and apart from God, we would be upside down in it. But, when it. but because he is building us up, we look at it and say, okay, well, you have something for us in this. How do we operate in this? That's how you're being built up. I don't take any credit for it because it's only as he has entered in and has been teaching and giving his word that I, we even have a clue. And that's the encouragement that I want for each and every one of you. He's the source. If he's the one that's in charge of building us up, he's got the plan and the circumstances. So we got to be with him. We got to hear from him, right? And he's going to input his word in whatever he requires of us to, to grab a hold of. To, to walk through this trial, all right? And, and there is peace and joy on the other side. You might not see it. You might not. You might not see it right, as you're going through. But I promise you on their side, there will be release. There will be freedom. There will actually somewhere down the line actually be true joy. Amen. Amen. I don't know. Okay. So... Colossians 2, 6 through 7. I know I probably talked about 
this probably for every time I've talked, all of this stuff, but the idea, the concept that God is behind everything, all right? When a dark cloud comes, you don't, you don't, we don't see, right, with our eyes, right? We see the unknown, and the thing that you can't see is him. He is behind this. He is right behind it, right? As the cloud is coming, he's right there. Whether you see him or not, he's right there walking in it, right? Because of this, he wants us to be rooted. He wants us to grow, right? So Colossians 2, 6 through 7, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. I started to think about this. And it's like, these are very little simple words that we just read over and pass over, and it's just, oh, yeah, okay. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus. How have we received Christ Jesus? It's all about grace and faith, right? He's the one that reached out to us. He's the one that gave us the faith, the power to believe, and we, all we did was say yes, right? He, and, and it's most amazing. That's how the rest of life is to be lived, Believe it or not, it's, it's that simple. He enters in, he's the one that reveals himself, and you say yes to what he's telling you. And the saying yes and doing what we read before about the wise builder is, is where the difference becomes. It's where growth comes. But if that part is not taking place, then the word says that um, our enemy, let's see, oh, I've got to remember how it goes. You know, it's in Corinthians, and it's flesh and blood is not our enemy, right? But the principalities and all this are our enemies. So the people involved, the circumstances involved, there is an enemy behind it, all right? So you don't have to look at people, all right? But you can't tell that apart from God. This circumstance, these people are, are purposely placed by God for our growth, all right? And for us being rooted and grounded in him, there's no way you can pray for somebody who's suing you apart from God. You can't. You want to go defend yourself? It's, it's in you. I mean, the natural man is survival, defense, whatever. If I got to take him out, I'm going to take him out, all right? No, that's not, but not in Christ. Not in Christ. I already, I have the whole meaning of life right now with Christ. He doesn't. This person's going to hell, all right? And that's the part that then it becomes so different, a ball game, because now God is building you up and putting you on his page of life, okay? So to walk that way, so, so walk in him. So as we received, it was grace by faith. We're to continue to walk with that. But God's intent is that we be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. And, and these are the things that are so, so very important to God. God is over here and he's going to present himself a bride, which I've shared over and over and over again, all right? But this process that we're going through, all right, is the process that he's using to sanctify, to set us apart to himself, away from the world. No more operation in the world, all right, but we're going to operate in Christ now. So Ephesians 2, 4 through 8, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come 
he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I shared with, um, we've gone on Thursdays and, uh, and also in the men's uh, breakfast. Psalm 23 has really been in my mind and we've been sharing it, my wife and I, how God puts us in green pastures. He gives us rest, right? I, I, I need to read it. I guess. Let me just find it real quick. So it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Okay. So we've been talking about that and how with my wife, God has been, she needs to rest. But not just rest in the physical, but rest in him as she's going through what she's going through with a broken pelvis, fractured pelvis. Look what this says. A God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together. He made us sit together, right, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Is that the the green pastures that God intends, all right? To sit with him in heavenly places, to, to be instructed with him, where you can sit alone, even in the midst of a hurricane, you can literally get to that place alone with God in spirit, sitting with him in heavenly places, and God can pour into you. He can. And, that, and I really believe that's the growth that he wants, all right? That's the growth, all right? That's the being built up. That's how Paul could be stoned, left for dead, and get right back up and go back into town. That's not natural, no. right? That had to be a process of him and God alone. What a magnificent testimony, okay? For we are his workmanship created in Christ, Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before, beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. Here we go again with God is in charge of this. God is. God is the one doing the work in us. If we will go to him, then we will see. If we're not coming to him with all the things that we're facing, we will never bear any fruit. We will never grow. We will never be rooted and grounded in him, all right, and abounding in in faith. We won't. Right? He's establishing us, a he himself, if we would just get alone with him all right, and let him pour into us. We will have a picture that is beyond whatever we could try to figure out with our minds. Right? Ephesians 2, 18 through 22. For through him, Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the the chief cornerstone. We need to think of ourselves as that way, that we are fellow citizens, that we are children of God, right? We need to understand that he called us and chose us. 
He gave us the faith to believe for a purpose. All right? We need to understand this deep, deep, deep inside of our being. All right? And in, the, in whom, verse 21, in whom the whole building, that temple being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. That's God's intention. Okay? But what's the temple for? Why is he growing us up into that? In whom you also are being built together for a habitation, all right, of God and the Spirit. Now that's heady stuff. God wants to, me to be so one with him. You hear Ryan talk about John 17. I, I've, I've talked about it. I really know that that's what God is after, our oneness with him, all right? For what purpose? So he can reside right here. All right? So that he can do a work in us, yes, but he can do a work through us, which is the real goal. All right? and, and we will have testimonies as we walk with him. And believe it or not, the testimony that you are just experienced, God will put another person in your path that needs that word. All right? And he is going to, he, that, that's him moving, his work. All right? but, but we need to catch it. We need to catch that this is not just a bad circumstance happening to me. God has a purpose. He wants me to grow, all right? He's making more room inside of me for him to live, all right? So, we had a meeting, and this came up, and I kind of found it very funny, but um, somebody mentioned, I get all this. I get it. But how do I have joy in it? Right? And yet the very word in James is what? My brethren, count it all joy. All right? And I'm and I'm just barely hanging on to, okay, with all I am, I'm, you know, like that lady with the blood flow. I'm just barely grabbing onto the end of your coattails, Lord. No, have it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith. Oh, so we see God's purpose. He's Every word that we read earlier about growing and being rooted and establishing is what God is trying to do in us. And if we understand that God has a purpose and that he is trying to build something in me, it's different than the experience, the physical experience I'm going through, right? It's different. It's a purpose that God has. And, and the only way you're going to know that purpose, all right, because each of our hearts is so unique, right? Our circumstance is unique, uniquely built by the master builder for each of our hearts personally. Right. Personally. So as you face something, he's after something in your heart. There'll be another person, like I said, but in that moment, he isn't doing this in your heart. All right? So um, I, didn't, I didn't give this to Mark, but this is Isaiah 61. And I quote it quite often, but... This thing about joy. So he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And of course, this was the prophecy of who the Messiah was going to be. This is what he was going to do. Right? He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, 
to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, That's right. right? And the oil of joy for mourning, right? right? And it, I just, it was just as, as I was seeking this out, this is the word that God showed me, all right? God has an intention. There is joy on the back end of things when you see the handiwork of God, all right? But if we understand that God came with the trial, that joy can start to creep in right away. It, little by little, it can creep in because, you know what, this came, I'm in a circumstance, but you know you came right along with it because you have good intentions towards me. Okay. So, um, we, so trials deal with the growth of our faith, but they also are instrumental in instilling character and the fruit of the Spirit. So as, we, so as we've gone from the milk of the word to solid food, we start to discern by the Spirit God's hand in our lives and his purposes. When you start to see your trials as a tool in his hand and that his purpose towards you is to grow you and to cause you to be rooted deeply, what does Psalm 1 talk about? The, it's the, the tree planted by the waters, all right? Those roots are deep, all right? That's what God's intentions are, all right? to be built upon and to be established in the faith. You can be joyful. My God is here. My God wants, has good intentions to use in this circumstance, right? If we can come to the understanding that behind every dark cloud, Jesus is right behind it with the spiritual blessings in his hands, would you feel different as you face the trial? If it really starts to grab you, really starts to grab you, you have intentions here. You have good intentions towards me as this comes. What do you expect of me? What part do you want to change how I think? What part do you want to, you know, uh, change in my heart to go from being a fearful, questioning, doubtful person to a person that's established? That's established no matter what. My God is with me. Even when the blow is just, it knocks you down. We face those blows. We get knocked down, all right? The deal is, can we get right back up? Because we know this. We know that he's here, and he can use it for our benefit, okay? I have, one, I have a, two things to share, and um, this is a man who has grown, who's been rooted, and this is his testimony, and his, the words that he started were, hope thou in God. He says, remember this. There is never a time when we may not hope in God. Whatever our necessities, however great our difficulties, and though to all appearance, help is impossible. Yet our business is to hope in God. He's faithful. He's faithful. And in the Lord's own time, which is usually the killer, all right, help will come. That's the place where you grow, right? In the time. Oh, the hundreds, yea, the thousands of times that I have found it thus within the past 70 and four months. When it seemed impossible that help could come, help did come. For God has his own resources. This is what he found out by standing, no matter what, by not running. I am going to stay in this place until, until you come and show yourself. 
Our, our business is to spread out our cases before the Lord in childlike simplicity, not to figure it out, not to tell God how to do stuff, lay it before him. Okay? That's our problem. We have expectations about how things are going to happen when we're praying. And when it doesn't happen all we want, we're all discouraged. Right? But we, haven't ha- we haven't given God any room to be God. We put him in this little box. If you don't respond this way, I'm out of here. Uh, I'm, and it's wrong. It's dreadfully wrong. All right? And we need to give God all the room to be God because God has good intentions for us. Okay. I do not deserve that you should hear me or, and answer my, prayer, my requests, but for the sake of my precious Jesus. For his sake, answer my prayer and give me grace quietly to wait till it pleases you to answer my prayer. So it's that time where the growth comes. It's the time before he answers that we're being built up, all right? It's the time where we're waiting and God gives us another little gentle word, a little whisper, this or that, all right, that he meets you, all right, that he, that he gives you the strength to hold on, all right? More prayer, more exercise of faith. That's all prayer is. That's all it is. Bring your requests to God, all right? Philippians. More patient waiting, and the results will be abundant blessing. It can be things, but you'll never be the same, and that's the abundant blessing. You'll be changed. You'll be changed by God himself, all right? Thus I have found it many hundreds of times. Therefore, I continually say to myself, Hope thou in God. He has to talk to himself as he's going through with the words that God has poured into him. That's what we have to do. Keep that word, all right, before you because that word will govern where the rest of your mind goes, all right? And so it's very, very important how we handle, all right? So I shared with my wife, it was just kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but I was praying and God put in my mind, Esther. This is a little different kind of spin. So um, in 1 Esther 2, I'm going to start at verse 5. I'll go down five or six, seven verses. It says, Now in Shushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, of Benjamin. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah, king of Judah whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. So we got history. And Mordecai, here they are in Babylon. They've been taken away. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther. Hadassah was Esther's Jewish name. His uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Now comes the circumstance. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan the citadel under the custody of Hegei, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Hegei, the custodian of the women. These women were taken because the king was looking for a new queen. Okay? Well, she's a Jew. This guy's a Gentile. You know, but watch her attitude. 
Now the young woman pleased him. Here she is in her circumstances. Maybe doesn't even want to be here. Why should I be here? I'm a Jew. What am I going to be doing married to this guy, right? I mean, that's, it could, your mind can twist. But her process was, I'm going to do my very best in the place that I'm at. Now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations for her besides her allowance. So what if this guy is Jesus? And she's pleasing, and we're pleasing him. How? By faith. We believe what he's sharing with us, all right? And Jesus wants to give us beauty treatments. But the beauty treatments come in weird places. They come in trials, right? Right? Think about it. He wants to give us beauty treatments. He wants to come and present a pure bride. I read that, and I was going, wow, God, this is pretty cool. I, really, I, was, I was just like, yeah, that was, it's a pretty neat thing. So anyway, not only that, but then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Okay. But when you're in need, God will give you people. He provided seven women for her, but God will send people for you. He will. In that perfect way, in that perfect time. But in the midst of all this, he gave the beauty treatments. All right? We have things spiritual, though. Right? No makeup and none of that stuff. Okay, we're not going there. Especially us guys, right? I mean, you know, we ain't going to go there. So anyway, but he's, he's trying to make us into his image and likeness. He's presenting his word to us. So anyway... In my heart, it was like, if we could see this, if we could really grab a hold of this concept, we would be so different going through our trials. We would be full of expectation, all right? It might not come right away, but that expectation should never die, all right? Because we have a God who is for us, who has his best for us, who wants to make us and mold us. And in those very words that we read in the beginning, he wants to root us. He wants us to grow, all right? So if it has ministered at all, and if there's anything you wish to come up to pray about, people will be here. But I just, that's the word that God gave me to share. Okay?